Well, it's a brand new semester, right? And for some of us, some of us here tonight, this will be our last semester at NBC. And uh, so, what a way to begin this semester. Uh, let me share with you, I don't know if you got one of these when you came in tonight, uh, but on your way out, you might want to pick one up. Uh, the Harry W. Dickerson Lectures on Pulpit Holiness Evangelism is the series that we're having this week. It was established in 1976 uh, by the children of Reverend Harry W. Dickerson in his honor. Reverend Dickerson was an evangelist in the Church of the Nazarene for 50 years. Can you believe that? For 50 years. And the purpose of this series this week, Monday through Thursday, is to emphasize the pulpit presentation of the doctrine of holiness. Now we're fortunate to have as our speaker for this series, uh, Dr. David Graves. Uh, I know him quite well. Uh, David is a general superintendent in the Church of the Nazarene. He was elected to this office, the highest office in our denomination, at the 27th General Assembly in Orlando, Florida in 2009. Uh, currently, Dr. Grays is serving as the chairman of the Board of General Superintendents. He is also the jurisdictional general superintendent for Mid-America Nazarene University, Northwest Nazarene University, Nazarene Theological Seminary, and Nazarene Bible College. So it's appropriate that we have him here this week to share the word with us. We're very fortunate that he could fit this into his very busy schedule. Dr. Grace has pastored churches in, in Kansas, Ohio, Tennessee, Oklahoma, North Carolina. And when he was elected general superintendent, he was pastoring the Olathe College Church of the Nazarene in Olathe, Kansas. He has a uh, undergraduate degree from Olivet Nazarene University and a Master of Divinity degree from Nazarene Theological Seminary. David and his wife Sharon have four married children and ten grandchildren. Ten. And their family continues to grow. <laughs> You're going to really enjoy his preaching. He's a master preacher. And uh, I'm thankful that David could be here with us. Brian has put together a group for us, and we appreciate Brian doing this. And he's going to lead us in a couple of songs tonight as we prepare our heart to hear from the word of the Lord. Brian? All right. If everybody could stand. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Presence, what a joy and delight it is to be here with you for these special times of, of uh, focusing our attention on what God might have to say to us. Do you believe God still speaks? Yes. Are you ready to hear? Yes. <laughs> ready to listen? and to respond as he does speak. I found that it's a whole lot more fun when we come with the attitude of saying, God, speak, I'm listening. 
When we come with that attitude, it's amazing how God will speak to us in many different ways. Sometimes he will speak to us, and I know this as a preacher, sometimes he speaks to us in ways that the preacher's not even talking about it. But it might be one thing that I say that, that the Holy Spirit will take you in a different direction to meet the needs that are in our hearts and lives. So in these services, what we want to do is we want to say, God, what do you want to say to me? And so be listening because you know what? He's going to be speaking. It's amazing to me as I look at different people's lives, it seems like we're living in a day and age where people kind of compartmentalize their lives. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves doing that. We're, well, over here is my school life. This is where I'm going to Nazarene Bible College, and this is what I have to do here. And then over here is my work life, and that has nothing to do with Bible college. It has everything to do with making some, paying some bills and making some money. And then over here is my friends and my family, and I have responsibilities with my marriage or with kids, or, or I might be getting married and a fiance and all this stuff going on like this. And then over here there's my individual spiritual life that I have to work on and I'm developing and then there might be even some ministry involved over here and if we're not careful sometimes that ministry will connect with our spiritual development but sometimes we find ourselves I'm gonna move this back here before I won't so I won't hit it sometimes we find those things being separated but what we need to understand is in our in our lives God wants to cover every part of our lives amen he doesn't want to just be a part of our lives he wants to be all encompassing over our lives and as we understand that that as we work we can serve him as we work we might be ministering to others as we work he might even be developing us spiritually as we are involved in school and work we might be ministering to others at the same time receiving ministry from others and developing in our spiritual lives where we can see the whole compass of our lives being revolved around our relationship with God it's amazing how many times in the Bible he speaks to us about our lives and there's a passage in 2 Corinthians, I'd like for you to go there, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. We're going to look at one verse tonight. Well, we're going to start with one verse. We're going to look at several different other verses, but this is what I want to zero in. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're introduced to a verse that kind of brings everything together, a, a, a a section of great and wonderful truth. It's located, very interesting, it's located in the midst of a passage where Paul is talking about money. He's talking about collections. He's talking about offerings. Very mundane elementary things until you start pastoring your own church and those become kind of important. But in the midst of all of this, talking about money and collections and offerings, we come to the eighth verse where he makes a tremendous statement. Here it is. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. That's a great verse, isn't it? Let me give it to you in the Revised Standard. It goes like this. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance. Isn't that a great statement? God is able to provide with you every blessing in a little bit. Now, in abundance, so that you may always have enough of everything and may provide in abundance for every good work. Let's look at another one, King James. 
And God is able to make all grace abound to you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Folks, this is a great promise we need to claim that God is going to provide all things that we need at all times in all circumstances so that we may abound in every good work. And what we're doing in life, what we're doing in ministry, that we may abound in every good work. Now notice that the apostle begins where I guess we should always begin when we start thinking about Christianity and about our own lives of holiness. Sometimes, let me just say this to you, sometimes when it comes to the, to the subject or theme of holiness, if we're not careful, you know where the view is? It's always turned inward. How am I doing? How am I measuring up? How's my spiritual temperature? How am I growing? How, how am I, 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 I? But a life of holiness does not begin with us. You know who it begins with? It begins with the one who is holy. It begins with God. And look what it says here in this first verse, in verse eight. And God is able. Anybody here believe that? And God is able. I think it's important for us that there's nothing more evident today in, in the church than a present weakness that is occurring in Christians' lives and many of our churches. Now, that's not everywhere because there are some places where in, in many places that the church is growing and thriving and full of power and people are getting saved. But on the other hand, I'm also aware that there are many places where that's not happening where it seems like Christians are weak and feeble, where the church is weak and powerless and the Christians aren't powerful in their own lives. Why is that? Why is it that you, even in your own life, may not be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power? I think part of the reason is, is because we have lost or we have lost sight of who God is. We've lost sight of the power of God you see, the church and we as Christians, we only have one kind of power that we can operate on, and that is God's power. It's not our own strength, it's not our own power, but it's His power. And if we lose that, then the church and we as Christians are really reduced to the same power that the world has. And that is the worldly organization, the power of numbers, of political maneuvering, of moral restraint and saying you need to be a better person. But the truth is what will happen is we'll lack the great power that makes the church be what it should be and make you and I what we should be as well. The verse here is declaring that we would begin our thinking with this simple phrase, God is able. Let that sink in for just a moment. We know that God is powerful. I mean, all you have to do is look around at nature and you understand how powerful God is. You see everything around us, the lightning and thunder and wind and, and Kansas tornadoes and the sun and the moon and the galaxies. And, and Hebrews 1, chapter 1, verse 3 says that, that he upholds all of that with his power. He's upholding the star, the moon, the sun, everything that's going on around us. 
The great power of this universe is sustained by him. And when Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he wrote about the power of God. But then he goes on in a more practical way and he says the power of God to supply the material needs that they needed. The money, the material prosperity, whatever they needed to get the work done. God would provide that. And in this context of this passage, it's the power of God to supply the needs that you and I may have. I mean, how do, how do we sustain ourselves? How do we make it in this world? I have to admit to you, everything that I've ever had in my life has come through the hand of God. My dad was a pastor. I've been a pastor. Everything that I have has come from his hand. And I have news for you. You don't have to be raised in a parsonage to realize that everything you have comes from the hand of God. No, it doesn't me. God doesn't get up and go to work for me. I'm the one that puts in the hours. Have you ever thought about who gives you the physical strength to do that? Huh? Well, I do it with my own mind. Well, where did that mind come from? Even our ability to walk, to talk, to breathe, to think, to live, to exist comes to us from the hand of God. And I think that it's very important for us if we are going to live the life that God wants us to live that we get into the practice of stop complaining so much about what you don't have and start praising him for what you do have. Amen? Amen? I'm going to tell you that's going to help your life right there. If we just start thanking him and praising him for every minute of life that we have, just the ability to breathe, to enjoy the beauty around you, amen? I'm thinking about painting a mural on one of my windows in my office of Pikes Peak, and I can just sit there and look out at Pikes Peak and say, wow. The beauty around us, the ability to have friends and interaction, the ability to think, to learn, all of that comes from his hand that we must not take that for granted. Now Paul's talking about all of the material provision but as we look through the pages of the Bible we also see there, there are many other passages where it says this phrase, and God is able. In fact, there's only 34 that I want us to look at tonight. Well, no, 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 not really. There's only a few that I'd like for us to look at. Let's look at Jude. You know what chapter this is in Jude? If, if you don't know that joke, you need to get your Bible a little later. Jude 24. I didn't know Jude had 24 chapters. I haven't studied that yet. What does it say? God is able, right? Amen? to keep you from falling. Yeah. To keep you, to keep me from falling. Let me give you another. Second Tim, or Ephesians chapter, where'd that come from? Did I go too fast? Oh, did I take some out? I took some out, watch this. Second Timothy chapter two, Second uh, Timothy chapter one, verse 12 says, and this is why I'm suffering as I am, yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed in and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him from that day. Hebrews 2, 18 says, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, watch this, he is able to 
to help those who are being tempted. Let me give you one more, Hebrews 7:20. Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to him to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Now I want you to put them all together. I want to show you something. He is able to keep you from falling. He is able to guard that which you entrusted to him. He is able to save you completely. He is able to keep you from falling because he is ever living to make intercession for you. You see, when it comes to living a life of holiness, it's not you just trying to be better. It's not you just trying to be a good person. It's not trying for you just to strain. And I want you to understand that living a life of holiness is only possible because God is able. He's able to keep you from falling. He's able to guard that which you entrust to him. He is able to, to intercede for you, to keep you when you are being tempted beyond your ability to bear. He says, I will promise you this. I will always make a way of escape for you. Think about this, that Jesus is praying for you. Woo! Do you think there's anything that, that you face in or will face, have ever faced, will ever face in your life that you cannot overcome if you know that Jesus is praying to the Father on your behalf? And God is able then there's one other one. I'm going to have to figure out where those others went. They kind of jumped out of there, didn't they? Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is at work. Where? In us. I can almost picture Paul writing this verse. I don't know if he started out with a simple sentence, now unto him who is able to do. I can almost see Paul writing this down. Now unto him who is able to do. And he says, mm, that, that didn't catch it, that didn't get it. Okay, now unto him who is able to do abundantly more. That's, that's better. Let's add something else. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more. <laughs> Woo, that's even better, isn't it? But then I can imagine Paul saying, wow, that still doesn't catch it. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you are even able to ask. Are you a pretty good asker? <laughs> you know, we need to feel free to boldly approach the throne of grace, right? To bring him our needs, to bring him our concerns. The Bible tells us we have not. Why? Because we ask not. We don't ask. Well, you know, God's busy. He's got a lot of other big problems than to take care of this little issue that I have. I think I can just work it out on my own and I can figure it out and just uh, talk to some other people. 
I want you to understand something. We need to approach God with boldness to ask whatever we need, whatever we're going through. It's important for us to not just try to do it on our own, but to say, Lord, I give myself to you. I want you to speak to me. I'm asking you to work your will in and out through my life. And we come to him and ask in him. I mean, every time I preach, I say, God, you don't have to do a miracle here because <laughs> I can't do this without you. And it's amazing as you get into preaching on a regular basis how you'll be preaching, all of a sudden this thought will come in your mind and go out your mouth and you say, well, well that was good. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Wait a minute, I didn't have that written down. That was good. I've actually been preaching and stopped and said, boy, I don't know where, that's good, isn't it? Because God was speaking to me. We need to be able to come to him and say, God, I'm struggling in this class. And I know it's not just the professor's fault. <laughs> if only he was a better teacher, I'd be a better student. Well, down does. Lord, I've got a lot on my plate. And I need your help. And there will be times now and there will be times in your future where all you can do is throw yourself on an altar and say, God, you know my heart better than I know myself. And I bring it to you. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even ask or think, imagine, dream. In other words, it's beyond our only mental ability to really comprehend. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to ask or think, that's who the God that we serve is. He is the God that we come and we said, God, I surrender my life to you. My life was okay before I heard your call on my life and I, I left everything to follow you, to come and to study and prepare. But I did because I believe you are a God who is able. A God who is able to take somebody like me and use in ministry. Right? Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we are able to think, imagine, dream. Now watch this. According to the power. Whose power is it? His power. That is at work where? in us his power that is it working in us we who are so limited we who are so limited in our thinking our concepts about life about the world his power that is at work within us you see if we will come to the place where we are willing to say, God, I trust you. I trust you with everything. 
I give you everything. My past, yeah, I give you that for sure because I get forgiveness. But my present, but also my future, I, I trust you. And I want to tell you something. He, he's going to take you and he's going to exceed your dreams, even your imagination. He's going to work through you. I think the problem with too many of us in our own spiritual lives is that our God has become too small. Our God has become too weak. And we begin to view our God through ourselves. Well, I can't do that, so God must not be able to. Or I've never seen that happen, so I don't see how God could do that. And I'm afraid what we've done is we've put a cap on God. And we've capped him with what we can think or imagine or dream. But I want you to know that he is able to do much more and we need to take the cap off. And we need to begin dreaming of a God who there is no limit to the God that we serve. And that he can do exceedingly abundantly. And he can work in our lives. And he can free us. And he can deliver us. And he can keep that which we have entrusted to him. And our God is able. I love the story of Moses. Remember Moses? He is out in the desert tending his father-in-law's sheep and God appeared to him. He said, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. I can't do that. I'm a wanted man. How can I do that? He says, no, I want you to go back. And I want you to go to tell Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Remember that story? And so what did Moses say? Moses said, sure thing. I'll load up tomorrow morning and go right back. No, he said, well, I can't do that. I mean, you know, I... I'm slow of speech. He began to make all these excuses. And then he said, okay, no, seriously. God, what am I to do? I'm to go back to Egypt and I'm to walk into Pharaoh. And I said, hey, I was out in the desert and some voice said to me, go back and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. That's not going to go over very well, God. So who am I to say is sending me? Remember what he said? He said, I am has sent you. <laughs> You just go back and say, I am a Well, that's really going to help. I mean, Pharaoh will say, oh, okay, I am sent you, go on. I'm sure Moses dealt with that and said, what do you mean, I am? I am has sent you. And God said, Moses, you just understand this. I am who I am. And I would paraphrase and say this that in that he was also saying to Moses, Moses, I am who I am, and listen, and I will be to you whatever you need me to be. You need me to send some plagues, 
no problem, I can send some plagues. You need me to open up the part the Red Sea? Hey, I can part the Red Sea. And oh, by the way, I can close it back on top of Pharaoh and all his army if I want to. And oh, by the way, I can lead you through that desert. And if you need something to eat, I can send manna that will be right there on the ground. I can blow in the quail. I can turn water out of a rock. In other words, Moses... I am who I am and I will be to you whatever you need me to be. When I read that verse, I thought of Moses. And tonight I would say to you this, God is able. Exclamation point. Amen? God is able, yeah! <laughs> Exclamation point. But I also say to you tonight, God is able, dot, 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 dot. He is able to do and to be whatever you need him to be and to do. You need him to be your deliverer. He can deliver you. You need him to be your forgiver. Woo, he can forgive you from all your sins and cast them into the sea of his forgetfulness, never to be remembered against you again. Woo, that's great, isn't it? Do you need him to be your cleanser? He can wash you whiter than snow. And I'm not talking about the kind that's been on the ground for a few days. I'm talking about the fresh fallen snow. Do you need him to be your healer? He can heal you physically, emotionally. He can heal relationships. Do you need him to provide for you? He is able. Whatever you need him to be, your burden bearer, your strength, your wisdom, your holiness, Whatever you need him to be in these next days, I can tell you this, God wants to be that to you. Because he knows you better than anybody and he knows what you need. And he's also the one who can fill the need that you have if we will only ask. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a chorus, Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me. In these services, we don't want to just go through the motion, but we really want to have an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit upon us. Amen? Is that all right? Amen. Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me. If there's anything hard that needs to be melted, melt me. Mold me. <laughs> Shape me into your image, the image of Christ. Amen? Fill me. Not a half tank, not a three-quarter tank. Fill me to overflowing with your spirit. Use me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. i tell you what I'd like for us to do. This is first night. God is able, exclamation point. Yes, celebrate that. 
God is able, dot, dot, dot. What do you need him to be for you today in your life? We have not because we ask not. Let's ask him. He will become what we need him to be for us tonight. And then let's let the Spirit of God begin to do his work in us. Amen. And if you'd like to come and find a place to pray, we don't have a prayer together before we go. But you might want to bring some specific needs in your life to a God who is able. He's here waiting for you to meet with you tonight. We'd invite you to come as we sing. Let's sing it together. Tonight, I'd like for us to all begin to pray this prayer. And some of you would want to come and simply pray, Lord, give me a new vision of your greatness. Give me a new vision of your power, that there's nothing that is impossible with you. Lord, renew my faith to believe in a great big God who is able to do more than I can even ask or imagine. There might be some of these impossible things in your life you might be facing. Would you like to just pray about those tonight? I'm going to ask some of you to come and pray with these that have come. And if you'd like to come and pray about some special needs in your life, I'd invite you to come and we're going to pray together in closing this evening. Why don't you just come as we wait just for a moment. know if I should tell you this or not I'm going to is that all right my oldest son and his wife had had difficulty having children they adopted a child and a wonderful little boy she was taking some medicine so that she could breastfeed the new baby he is a newborn and guess what happened she got pregnant and so they have two boys seven and a half months apart that's four years ago they recently went to the doctor and do all the tests and they went through in vitro and all that. And the doctors just said, we just have to be honest with you. There's only a 3% chance that you would ever have any more children. She's pregnant now. You might be facing some things that you just say percentage-wise, this is impossible. There is nothing that is impossible with our God. Believe it. Claim it. Trust it. He is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. Amen? Let's pray together. In fact, if you want to be seated, you can just be seated. Make that your own altar. Father, we come to you tonight thanking you for the great and awesome God that you are. Lord, we are so thankful that we are reminded by the Apostle Paul of your greatness, that you are a God who is able. And Lord, tonight we just want to bring ourselves to you. Lord, we know that you can do things. We've watched you do things. Lord, tonight if we had time for testimonies, right in this room tonight is, is a testimony of your miraculous power to change lives, to transform people, to take people from darkness to light, from bondage to spiritual freedom. And Lord, for all of that, I say thanks be to God and how awesome our God is. <coughs> And Lord, tonight, I pray that none of us would leave this room, this place of worship, with a small concept of who our God is. 
But Lord, may our eyes be opened. May our faith be expanded. May our concepts be enlarged to, to where we believe that our God is able to do whatever we need him to do. Lord, he's able to, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can think or imagine. And that you want to work in our lives. You want to work through us. You want to work in us. You want to work in us to set us free. You want to work in us to bring freedom. And you want to bring a, a life of holiness. And Lord, may you begin it in us. May there be nothing that will hold us back. Nothing that will keep us from serving you, dear Father. So we give ourselves to you tonight. And we thank you for your wonderful spirit that has been here in this place. And now as we go back to our classes, and Lord, may we continue to sense the spirit of God that is all over us. And for being here tonight. Lord, we commit this service, but we commit the rest of this time that we have together. Would you open our eyes? Would you do something incredible for us? We don't want to be the same people at the end of the week that we are to here tonight. So open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds, and may our wills be obedient to you to serve you each and every moment. For we ask this in the glorious, wonderful name of the one who is able, our Heavenly Father. We ask this. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. We're looking forward to our times together. Be in prayer for what God wants to do in your heart, in your life, in these times together. God bless you. You're dismissed.